What makes a good life? Typically, the answer is different for almost everyone. The one-size-fits-all conclusion to such a question would be a life of improved health, love and longevity. Perhaps you'd like to exercise and get stronger, prevent illness or still be around to see your grandchildren grow. Maybe you're looking to change your attitude, behaviour and tolerance toward the people in your life and learn how to be a positive influence in theirs. I'm talking about the things you can change. Everyone has a trait or variable they would change to better their health, body and mind. Once you've determined what this is, you've almost completed the first step of changing your life for the better. My name is Cade Baker and this isn't a usual GSLL episode. Today I'm going to read a few pages from my book, Changing Your Life for the Better. Enjoy. Chapter 1. The Secret Power of Habits Habits are the invisible architects of our lives. They dictate our daily routines, shape our long-term goals and influence our overall well-being. Habits are ingrained behaviours that we perform almost automatically, often without conscious thought. They can be as simple as brushing teeth in the morning, or as complex as maintaining a regular exercise routine. The fascinating aspect of habits is that they're deeply rooted in our brain's neural pathways. Habits are formed through repetitive actions that create strong connections in the brain. The more you perform a habit, the stronger its neural pathways become. This is why breaking a bad habit can be so challenging and why creating a new one takes time and effort. To change a habit, it's important to identify the cue that triggers it. Once you've recognised the cue, you can modify the routine or behaviour that follows and still receive a similar reward. This is a key concept in habit change. Playing a pivotal role in success, individuals who have developed positive habits tend to be more organised, productive and resilient. These building blocks can lead to success in different aspects of life, from personal development to professional growth. Whether you're looking to improve your health, enhance your productivity or achieve your goals, understanding the mechanics of habits and how to leverage them is a powerful tool. Right, I'm going to read some bits off of my checklist now. Uh, feel free to write this down, y you don't have to, it's really up to you, <laughs> but I'm going to read it anyway. I'm not qualified to tell you to do anything, I'm not a dietitian or therapist. What I am is a health coach and I can merely suggest these habits for you to follow and improve your lifestyle. Right, first of all, no one is perfect and no one will reach perfection. That standard is way too high and impossible. All you can do is strive to be that standard and by following this path will put you miles ahead of everyone else. So turn your head to the what ifs and what nots. With a little ambition and a bit of drive, you can get to a place that you can be proud of. So number one is adequate sleep. Ensure you get seven to nine hours of quality sleep each night to rejuvenate your body and mind. Two, stay hydrated. Drink plenty of water throughout the day to maintain proper bodily functions and overall health. Drinking water is not only essential, but it can also help control appetite. So if you are dieting, that is wicked. Three, practice good hygiene. I like to think you are anyway, because it's, it's, it's kind of disgusting if you're not. But um, yeah, maintain a daily hygiene routine, uh, regular hand washing and dental care. You know, make sure you look after your body. Uh, stress management, four. Learn stress management techniques like deep breathing, meditation or yoga to reduce the harmful effects of stress. This is so important. Uh, meditation isn't something you can just sit down and do. If you've never done it before, don't expect to just sit there and become zen. It doesn't work. It's something you need to practice like anything. 
but I can't stress enough how good meditation is. We're such a busy species, we're going from one labour to another constantly, and we don't take time out for ourselves to just exist. So sitting there for, you know, five minutes even, pop some music on and just try and withdraw all thoughts from your mind and just exist. It's a great thing to do. Right, uh, diet. <laughs> Big one now. Uh, number one, balanced diet. So, as you probably already know, consume a variety of fruits, vegetables and proteins. Rule of thumb is if it walks, swims, grows or flies, you should eat it. General rule is to cut down on processed foods and stick to single ingredient ones. If it's got a bunch of shit on the back that you can't pronounce, you probably shouldn't be eating it. But we are in a world where processed food exists. There's no escaping it. There's going to be more of it in the future. Just try and make it a minimal part of your life. Uh, try and make most of your food single ingredient, as our ancestors have done for thousands of years. Uh, meat, protein, all the natural stuff. Nothing packaged. Number two, portion control. Be mindful of portion sizes to avoid overeating. This is another important one, and we've touched on this in previous podcasts, but um, portion sizes, they've got to be related to you. Don't be having portion sizes for members of your family that are of a larger stature than you and can eat more. If you have a, like a, less, a lower calorie intake than they do, don't match their portion sizes, eat less. Portion control is so important. Eat what you need to eat, don't overeat. Three, meal planning. Plan your meals and snacks in advance to make healthier food choices and reduce impulse eating. So uh, plan, put good stuff in the fridge, put good stuff in the cupboard. If there's chocolate and crisps in there, you're gonna eat chocolate and crisps because they're there. You know, uh, plan, uh, my freezer is full of chicken and frozen veg. All I eat every day is frozen veg and chicken. <laughs> that's, that's my diet because that's what I buy. So buy good stuff, uh, prepare. Four, snacks. Everyone has snacks, everyone has snacks. Eat lower calorie snacks such as pop chips or snacker jacks. Do not make them your main source of energy. If you're a snackaholic, again, don't buy loads of snacks. Just try and minimize them. Get some good snacks like french fries, uh, what's it to good, they're, they're lower calorie. Just corn starch basically, it's not shit in them. Well, there is shit in them, they're processed, but you know, it's better. Um, right, that covers diet. Strength training. Incorporate strength training exercises to build muscle and boost metabolism. Everyone needs to do that. They should start doing that in schools. Strength training, uh, muscle is the most important thing to have. Not only does it protect your body, uh, your immune system. If you fall over, you won't get hurt. If you get hit by a car, you're most likely to survive. Uh, muscle is just the padding. It is the structure. It's everything. And everyone needs muscle. Number three, stretching. Include regular stretching exercises to improve flexibility and reduce the risk of injury. Yeah, stretching is pretty good. Uh, actually, it's pretty important nowadays with all the remote working people are doing. Uh, people aren't commuting as much anymore. They're sitting at home. Uh, they get up, go on their computer, have dinner, go to bed. That's it. Rinse and repeat. People don't move around much anymore. And that's really, really wrong. Uh, we should be moving around all the time. That's our nature. We're meant to walk and we don't. Uh, stretching's good uh, because of people getting a lot of back injuries, people who are hunched over their desks, like I am right now. Oh, I hate sitting down so much. Oh, yeah, that was my back cracking. Wait, the other side. Oh. oh, there we go. Okay, so stretching. It's really important. You should stretch. You should get up. You should squat. Uh, stretch your legs out. Keep moving every day. 
Four, set realistic goals. Establish achievable fitness goals to stay motivated and track your progress. Right, this is, I'm gonna go on a bit of a tangent here, but um, I hate social media so much. It's just awful, it's toxic, it makes you see things that you don't really need to see. Uh, you see people, people's lives, the best side of their lives, not the worst side, and you can't help but feel envious. You get jealous of people, and it's just, it's not a nice thing to have, to be honest. Well, it depends who you're following, but generally, if you're following a lot of fitness pages like I do, you see a lot of people's physiques and you think, oh damn, I wish I looked like that, oh I wish I looked like this. It's natural to, to do that, but you forget that these people, that's their job. These influencers are, they've, they've either genetic freaks or their job is to train and eat like a strict diet. But you don't, you, you lead a different life than they do, but you can't help but compare yourself. And that falls in with number four, set realistic goals. Uh, set little goals for yourself, losing lose a few like a pound a week. Uh, aim to just you know, little goals for you to get somewhere realistic. Don't don't set crazy goals for yourself. Just just be smart because you're just setting yourself up for failure. Five consistency, right? This just goes with everything really. Uh, make exercise a consistent part of your routine, whether it's daily walks, gym sessions, or home workouts. So this is where everyone falls short and everyone fails in, in life generally with everything, it's consistency. Uh, if you're consistent at anything, you'll be successful at it. You will win, you'll, you will get there. If you keep trying again and again and again, you will fail, you will learn, you'll fail, you'll learn, you'll get there. Where people go wrong is they go hell for leather and they just fall off the wagon and they can't get back on. Uh, and consistency is important. Again, set little goals for yourself, make it achievable. That's what's good about weight training. No matter who you are, you can weight train. It's achievable. Don't think you've got to run 10K to lose weight. That's just bullshit. It's all about consistency and doing it again and again and again. Right, another one, mental well-being. So I'll start with number one, and that's mindfulness meditation. That goes back to the first podcast we did, actually. So, um, and with the meditation I was talking about earlier. So, practice mindfulness to stay present and reduce anxiety and stress. Now, staying present, that's really important. There's this thing I like to call rabbit holing, and that'll be later in the book. It's when you have a thought, and then you think about something else, and you think about something else, you think about that, and you think, oh, I wish I didn't do that, or I wish I'd have said this, or I could have said that. And then literally like two minutes have gone by, and you just had an argument with your own mind, and you just, just, just wasted. You've upset yourself because of something you've done in the past. It's just very self-destructive. And that's what I call rabbit holing. It's falling down this hole in your mind. And it's just learning not to do that. And this mindfulness and meditation is so important to help you stop falling down there and stay present. Like when that happens, just, I don't know, look out a window, look at a tree, look at some birds, do something to just distract you from where you just were and uh, be, be current, be present, be in the moment. You can't change the past. You are what you are now and that's it. Uh, two, gratitude journaling. I don't really do much of this to be honest, but uh, I, well, I have done once and it did help I guess, but I suppose it's good depending on who you are and if you like to write. Uh, keep a journal where you regularly write down things you're grateful for, promoting a positive outlook. So I, I believe that by the end of the day, before you go to sleep, uh, most people just jump on Netflix and just pollute their mind with shit, and then they can't sleep very well because of the uh, light of the TV and the stimulation of what they've been watching. 
But if you actually switch all your electronics off and you just get pop your journal out and just write down some things you're grateful for, you might have enjoyed your breakfast in the morning. Someone might have said good morning to you and you like that or you might have seen something that made you happy. Just write down something that you were happy for today. You might even just be grateful that you're alive, whatever. It's just uh, good to write stuff down you're thankful for so when you go to sleep, you might be dreaming about that rather than Emmerdale. Three, digital detox, something that everyone needs to do. Limit screen time and unplug from digital devices to reduce mental clutter and improve sleep quality. Uh, so I'm a bit of a sucker for uh, watching TV before bed, but it does work if you just switch everything off. I, even reading a book, obviously there's no screen on that. Uh, oh, I don't know if Kindles, will that work with a Kindle? It's still an electronic device, so probably. It's just good to shut everything down before bed and just have some have a grace period where there's no TV or no screens. Right, uh, four, social connection. Build and maintain relationships with friends and family. Smile and greet people you pass. Hug at least one human being a day. Uh, this is cool. I was having a chat with a member of the studio the other day about social connection. And it's something that we've again forgotten. I feel like we gained that during lockdown, surprisingly, with uh, neighbours and, and, and you know, joining with people again, having a, so, a close social connection because we were out of touch with the world and that brought us together even more. And I feel like that's gone again now. Uh, people don't really smile or greet people in the mornings, to be honest. I mean, in my village, we do. I go past people and say good morning and they say it back. If you're in like London or you know in a city, people just stare at the floor the whole time. Like you're not really making any genuine human connection with people. Uh, so we want to change that, don't we, guys? We want to make the world smile. So greet people when you walk past anyone. Just say good morning. How are you? Give them a smile. Uh, it's just good to do that. And you know, even if it's not strangers, just with friends and family, uh, talk to people, spend time with them, listen to them. Just show them that you actually care about them and you want to be a part of their life. And that, in return, enriches your life. And that, that just releases endorphins that's going to make you happy. Social connection is so important because that's what we are. We're a social species. So being in isolation, locking ourselves away, is not good. You need to be out there meeting people. That's life. And that's what being human is all about. Chapter 2. Eyes on the Road It's all well and good, me feeding you this information. But will you follow it? You've listened to the science behind habits, as well as the healthy cues to go with them. How can we maintain this? Firstly, promise yourself that I will consciously make changes to better my life and those around me. Right now, out loud. Say it again. <laughs> Tie this moment with something happy. Not a reward, but a moment you enjoy. Something that gives you clarity, like a picture or a song. Tether the desire to become more with the material you relish. For example, there's a song I play that reminds me to just be me. Be the me that I know people love. Sometimes I meditate. I climb out of the rabbit hole I threw myself into. I don't mean a physical burrow, but a thought with a hole in it. A spiralling domino effect of thought after thought until you're lost. With this precious moment you now hold, use it like a flare gun. When you're in the dark, Fire around to find your way out. Remember, this moment is precious. With continual use, it will diminish and eventually become yet another fleeting moment like those before. Emotions are just chemical reactions in the brain. 
Each and every low state of mind is nothing but a chemical reaction breaking down neurotransmitters that result in low levels of serotonin. That's the broad, simple explanation of sadness. These fluctuations are temporal, generally. That's why when we are sad, we should go back to our flare gun to find ourselves again. It's useless and obscene to sit and wallow, as this is self-destructive. Instead, raise the serotonin and dopamine levels back up and rebalance this chemistry. Chapter 3. Balance Let's say, hypothetically, things aren't quite right today. Maybe you slept poorly, or a thought lingers on your mind. Regardless, you feel down. Firstly, come to terms with the fact. Acknowledge that you aren't your usual bubbly self today. What are you going to do? Well, you're going to do what makes you happy. I'm not saying skip work or skive education, but compensate for this emotional trough. Play that music in your car, or whilst you're getting ready, psych yourself up. Once your day is over, you'll have the urge that every human gets after a tough day, the need for indulgence. Whether it's junk food, alcohol, or drugs, there's always a coping mechanism for someone who's had it rough. Your objective now is to pick your indulgence correctly, as there are so many ways that this choice can make things worse. Now, I'm not going to sit here and recite the words of a certain animated counsellor from Colorado. Instead, a blanket statement for these indulgences all work the same. All indulgences are a means of dopamine release, nothing more. These are the cons of alcohol. Alcohol does not benefit the human body in any way, shape or form. Alcohol penetrates the blood-brain barrier. The brain cannot protect itself against ethanol. You are your brain, and by drinking excessive amounts of alcohol, you are damaging and poisoning yourself. Alcohol can inhibit your behaviour long term, making your thought process slower and your focus weak. It takes six months for the liver to fully clear alcohol after long term consumption. Right, that's a long list of uh, cons. Here are the list of uh, the pros. I say list, there's only one. <laughs> alcohol can help you unwind, release serotonin and dopamine to make you happy, especially in social situations. Okay, as I said, that pro list wasn't all that long, so I'm going to expand on it a little. We, as a human race, have been drinking alcohol for over 9,000 years. You could say that alcohol is a major part of our culture and life, no matter where you are on the planet. As humans, to be isolated would make us insane. We need to socialise to maintain our mental health. In life, coexistence is key and should be the goal for everyone. Having a drink or two while you're in a social environment does promote an increased social attitude. Dancing and singing by a fire is a classic scene for us humans, even today. So, alcohol in itself is bad for our bodies, but does serve as a great catalyst for improving our mental health. As philosopher Marcus Aurelius once wrote, We were born to work together like feet, hands and eyes, like the two rows of teeth, upper and lower. To obstruct each other is unnatural. Thank you, Marcus. It's been 1,843 years and people still aren't listening to what you have to say. Sorry, bro. Drug use. Everything about drugs from here on out is about the recreational use, not medicinal. Recreationally, as in taking substances to increase dopamine levels or as a coping mechanism. Not if you have multiple sclerosis and you're using cannabis as a remedy, for example. Regardless of what type of drug is being used, and beyond the severity of some types over others, the goal of raising dopamine is still the same. 
In fact, the effectiveness is generally instant and strong depending on dosage, and that's what makes these substances so addictive. I would like you to hold drugs under the same light as alcohol consumption, for now. All these indulgences are addictions and can become the main goal and centre source of life for people. And why not? Drugs are extremely good at what they do. Memory is up there as one of the most important things in your life. What are you without your past, your experiences and the lessons life has given you? Drug use can make you forget. Like a dream you struggle to recall after you wake, excessive and chronic substance use can be a cause of memory loss. Smoking reduces the amount of oxygen that can get to the brain, dampening the ability to form and recollect memories. Drugs in general change chemicals in the brain which can make it harder to recall memories. So what's the point? That's exactly the point. Make memories, don't forget them. Drugs are extremely good at what they do. They change brain chemistry and they change who you are. That is such a self-destructive thing to incorporate into your life and a selfish thing to inflict upon friends and family who witness a transition in the sidelines. The world likes you for you. Don't change who you are. Processed foods, the most prolific human killer of all, junk food. Oh dear, get ready for the biggest topic yet. I wish the whole world could read this as it affects everyone. In the last 50 years or so, the consumption of processed foods have blasted into existence and become a part of everyone's lives. Technically, everything we eat is some kind of processing, unless you've grown it yourself. What I'm talking about is a product you'd purchase, with 20 different ingredients on the back. Anything that doesn't walk, fly, swim or grow is exactly what I'm talking about here. Processed food is so very important to talk about, as it's the most powerful and ethically acceptable addiction on the planet. This kills more than drugs and alcohol combined. Death by food. Consuming processed foods comes with various drawbacks for your health and well-being. These foods are often nutrient deficient, high in sugars, salt and unhealthy fats and can contribute to obesity, chronic diseases and cancer. They often contain artificial additives and lack essential dietary fibre, which can lead to digestive issues and allergic reactions. Processed foods are typically designed to be enticing, making it easy to overeat and they may contain harmful trans fats. Additionally, relying on processed foods can lead to a lack of culinary skills and prioritise convenience over nutrition. Again, junk food causes cancer, diabetes and a plethora of ailments met with putting man-made food products into your body. Think of it this way, if your tank's getting low, would you pop open the fuel cap of your car and shit in it? No, of course not. It wouldn't fuel your car at all. That's what happens with excessive consumption of junk food. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. This has been Cade Baker and I've been reading from my book, Changing Your Life for the Better. If you enjoyed this, let me know and I will read some more of it. And uh, I'll have to prop up a box with a stick and some string and put a mackerel salad underneath it in hopes that I can catch Darren wherever he may be lurking. And we'll get back to the usual GSLL schedule next week where we can talk about some fitness topics and all that jazz, all the stuff you like. Um, yeah, thanks again, and I hope you guys have a great day. Bye! Oh, still here, are you? All right.
bit weird, isn't it? Just going to listen to me talk. I've I've done with the health and nutrition stuff now. Oh, I used to live. You've you've heard all the good content. I've got nothing else to spare. I've got nothing else to talk about. I've got another week before I have to start thinking about talking again. At least on this podcast. Um. All right. Well, I guess I can try and keep you entertained for a little while longer if you want. Can I can spare you a joke? I saw one earlier actually. Thought it was pretty funny. Uh, went to McDonald's earlier. And I asked the man for a small shake. He told me to fuck off. And then he walked out the men's toilets. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's as good as it gets nowadays. I used to have loads of jokes. You know, I, I was I was the joke man. I was. I had so many good jokes. And then my memory's just gone now. So I just can't think of any of them. You know, I used to be really funny. And nowadays I, I tell a joke and people don't even react. I think they laugh because they're embarrassed. They're generally embarrassed for me. You know, how does that make me feel? It makes me feel pretty bad, to be honest. But hey, you know what? I'm still trying to make jokes. I'm still going. Um, why are you still here? To turn this turn this podcast off. This isn't even about anything anymore. I'm just chatting shit. Why, why are you here? Leave. Go. Shoo. Bloody hell.